Yo, what's going on, everybody? Happy Friday evening to all those in Sharks territory. I'm your host, Aaron James, and this is the Shark City Podcast, episode two for season two. Uh, we're going to recap a lot of the things that went down in the previous week in Sharks hockey and look forward to the preseason and the potential position battles that are going to be you know, going down in San Jose. So once again, what's going on? I'm Aaron James. Uh, really quick. Don't forget to uh, follow us across the board on social media, whether you're watching us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitch, or YouTube. You can check us out at Shark City Hockey, and that's where you can find all of our content, sharkcityhockey.com. All right, so uh, let's start back with the rookie face-off tournament. Not going to dive too much into stats or the results. Actually, we might as well just share the results. Uh, the Sharks played three games at the Tech CU Arena in San Jose. And, um, you know, it was the first taste for Sharks fans to get to see what those all-till, um, you know, all-till gloves, till helmet, till pants, I mean, everything but the skates, essentially. Uh, we got a taste of what that will look like for this season as the Sharks are about to roll out a whole new uh, uni. Um, you know, Will and Necklin and Bordalo, Thomas Bordalo, they kind of shined in the first game. Uh, Sharks completely dominated the second game against the Avs. Uh, they won 5-1. to one. Uh, first game they won in overtime. Willem Eklund with a beautiful spinorama, so obviously that's worth mentioning. Uh, not so much, um, you know, great results in the final game as they lost against the Kings, the kind of first unofficial L in the new barn at the Tech CU, but nonetheless, it's just exhibition. Uh, it was nice to see Eklund kind of give the home crowd a reason, a reason to, you know, not ship him away, you know, keep him in San Jose this season. Anyways, um, some other things that kind of stood out with the uh, rookie face-off tournament were some um, Sharks alumni sightings, uh, including the likes of uh, Thor Inn and Drew Ramenda. And, you know, um, essentially, you know, it was a, a great chance to showcase the new barn prior to the upcoming AHL season. All right, so that is um, pretty much all I want to say about the rookie face-off tournament. That was essentially the last weekend. That was over the last weekend. Um, one thing that kind of was um, kind of um, one of the underlining uh, stories, I guess. One of the stories that came out that weekend was Joe Thornton. Um, they're still kind of buzzing about it now. Apparently, Joe Thornton um, is a desirable presence from the new general manager, Mike Greer, within the Sharks organization. He wants him to be involved in some capacity. I personally highly doubt that he'll be uh, on the main roster. I just don't see it. Uh, the Florida Panthers had the opportunity to dress him during the Stanley Cup playoffs last season, and uh, they did it uh, only for a couple of games, but by then they were pretty much already on their way out. Um, so, you know, with Marlowe having his banner raised later on this year, it just doesn't make sense to have Jumbo Joe Thornton, you know, play in the new sweaters with this club because. You know, that's just essentially the same thing that Marlowe could have done, not that they would have let him, but long story short is um, I highly doubt they're going to, like, essentially uh, secure or, in other words, they're not going to give a, a spot on their roster to Thornton. That's just how I feel. I mean, the future is now more than ever. They've been putting it in the marketing. It's a new era in Sharks hockey. It's time to evolve. Um, so, obviously, his name was not included on the training cap roster. That was released earlier by the Sharks. 
Uh, training camp is in session. It obviously started off unofficially with media day. So we got a lot of cool selfies from the young cats. I was getting a little bit kind of, um, I'm not a big fan of selfies to start off with. I'll just, I'll be upfront. So I was getting a little tired of seeing a lot of the uh, selfies, but I get it. You know, it's a generational thing. So, you know, um, you know, I have no problem in seeing the boys have fun. Uh, during media day i mean after all it's gotta be cool right you know being in your young 20s and you know play hockey your whole life and now you're in the big the big leagues and you know got all those cameras and flashing lights around you so it looked pretty chill obviously sj sharky we got a chance to see him in the new threads as well he had himself on um, quite the media day and uh yeah so you know that essentially kicked off training cap uh that was one of the um you know Big, you know, uh, stories this past week was the start of training camp and, you know, David Quinn with his whole new system, uh, a little bit more demanding. I believe uh, Logan Couture, the captain, mentioned how, you know, with the new coach comes a lot of new tape, a lot of tape, a lot of film. So, uh, you know, it'll be really exciting to see what the Sharks are going to, you know, do starting this Sunday, this Sunday against the Kings as they're hosting this Sunday, 4 p.m. Um, Pacific Standard faceoff time. It's going to be, you know, really, really awesome and really, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what David Quinn's system and, you know, the whole new um, regenerated or evolved or new era Sharks are going to bring. Uh, Speaking of new era, um, if you haven't seen it already, it's out there. Uh, Sounds like Sharks are going to bring out a new video board. I don't know if you call it a leak so much as just, you know, essentially the world today. With the whole internet, everybody has a camera, right? Any, anyone could be a journalist, so to speak. Anyone could deliver, you know, breaking news on site. Um, but n- long story short is uh, they've been kind of teasing us on social media about the new video board or the center hung video display screen, whatever they want to call it. This image probably doesn't do us justice um, in terms of, you know, quality and being able to see the whole um like details of it and for those of you who are listening to podcast version i apologize in advance check out the video version or you know check out our instagram or twitter page and you'll see these photos shared at shark city hockey um once again uh facebook twitter and instagram you can find us at shark city hockey across the board including twitch at shark city hockey subscribe and follow anyways uh so here's kind of a better view uh, once again, apologizing to the audio um, audience out there, but um, check out the social media. You'll get a real quick um, idea of what's going on here. The Sharks are going to have a new video board. Uh, you know, so those of you in Sharks territory who were at the wrestling show or at the uh, Spanish concert that just took place within the past week, you got a chance to see another shark feature, a whole, you know, um, you know, it's, I don't know if you call it a leak, but to me, it feels like a kind of like a lightweight leak because, you know, essentially, you know, this is just like with the uniforms and kind of how, how like Mike Greer with that news and how that broke. And with David Quinn, it seems like every new thing that's coming out this season for Salazzi Sharks, including the jerseys are, uh, you know, they're getting out to the public before the official team announcement. So here it is again, uh, just for the record, Salazzi Sharks did share on their social medias a glimpse of the new arena with them turning on this new screen uh, supplied by Dactronics. I believe it is uh, same people who hooked it up at a tech CU as well. Uh, I believe they're the previous um, manufacturer for the last scoreboard that was there as well. But long story short, 
It's supposedly bigger than the last screen. Kind of looks more or less the same, with the exception of, like, you know, missing one Halo screen above it. That's what I'm calling it. Uh, but it's at 20, it's 23 feet tall, so it's a little larger, and it appears to be able to display graphics or videos like completely around the screen or the device, if you call it that. Um, so for those of you who remember, the previous scoreboard was essentially four large screens, and um, there was areas including underneath the, um, I don't know why they don't call it Jumbotron. I guess it's a trademark, but essentially under the scoreboard, there's if you're sitting like in the bottom rows in the lower bowl, closer to the ice, if you looked under the scoreboard, you get nothing. So um, you can't tell from this picture, but there are screens underneath the um, the new center hung video display, whatever you want to call it, outside of being a uh, Jumbotron. And let me see if I believe I have a picture of that really quick uh, bear with me as I try to get that squared away for those of you who are watching the video version ah yes there it is okay so um, as we transition here once again um, here is what it looks like when it's turned on uh, this right here this image is courtesy of sounds like sharks this was released on their social media um, again you can see underneath the whole uh, video display there you can see that there are some added screens for those of you who might be um like in section 101 you know or 201 etc pardon me uh 101 or um you get you get the point if you're sitting behind the bench or near the uh, center ice you'll get a good view you'll get a chance to see your replays um so you know I'm pretty I'm pretty interested in seeing what what it'll bring. You know, just the um the other weekend and a whole nother sport in the stadium, they were showing uh people in the crowd and fans and they were like giving them like live filters and changing them to cartoon characters. I think it'd be kind of dope to see um if that technology um emerges in the shark tank. I mean, we'll see. Supposedly it's supposed to do all kinds of other stuff that the other board wasn't able to do. I mean, I would hope so, right? Um, the last video display board has been in place for the last 15 years. So, um, you know, this new upgrade will make this the third scoreboard in Shark Tank history. And, um, yeah, so new coach, new GM, new jerseys, new scoreboard. Uh, you know, got some new things going down here in San Jose. It's a pretty exciting time to be a Sharks hockey fan, that's for sure. And a pretty exciting time to try to get back in the tank. Um, so, yeah. Um, and that's all I got to say about the whole new video board. Uh, they haven't really did an official announcement. I highly doubt they will, but, you know, we'll see what happens. All right, so uh, moving on to something a little bit more serious. Um, Mike Greer made some comments. So I don't really like to get too political, especially on this program. I try to stay away from all that stuff. Um, but, you know, it's worth mentioning because it could directly impact the Sharks' record. Um, so... There, you know, with the whole issue was going on with uh, Russia and Ukraine, the Czech Republic made a stance. They um, essentially are not welcoming any hockey players of uh, Russian descent. Uh, so for the Sharks, that would mean the likes of uh, Alexander Barabanov, uh, Daniel Gushin, um, Arnami uh, Kanizev, just to, just to name a few. Uh, obviously, you know, we have some more in the squad there in our depths. But uh, long story short is um, Mike Greer, went on record quoting saying we're a team so if they say some guys can't go over there then either we all go or no one goes but i'm not anticipating any issues right now end quote 
Uh, so that was Mike Greer earlier this week uh, after training camp because the Sharks, they're starting their season uh, by taking part in the 2022 NHL Global Series. They'll be over there in Prague. And, uh, you know, for, for some fans, that's, you know, a homecoming for like Tomas Hurdle. Um, you know, for, for other, you know, for other, um, you know, fans out there in Sharks territory, you know, the international fan base, this might be the one chance for them to actually get to see the Sharks live action. So it's kind of scary because I I highly doubt this is going to happen, but, um, they're talking about the possibility of if they will not welcome all of those who are in till, um, that, you know, perhaps the Sharks will take a forfeit. Um, you know, so... I was listening to NHL Network Radio. Um, the general consensus seems that on a league level, on like a league-wide level, like um, their ability to like kind of manage the whole situation may may be slim to none. Like in other words, the league may not even really have much of a say in whether or not you know the um, you know um, like they they pretty much can't contest it the Czech's government, right? <laughs> Whatever their stance is. And, um, you know, they on NHL Network uh, Radio on Sirius XM, they went to quote uh, some of the certain situations that went down uh, amongst the pandemic with COVID, with some players being banned to uh, travel within certain countries. Uh, so they're kind of saying like it's somewhat of the same issue here. Um, they also, and by they, I believe the show is on the power play, just to be exact. We're saying some stuff amongst the lines of like, you know, they don't understand what the big deal is for Mike Greer and why take the forfeit or essentially, um, you know, kind of get involved with, um, you know, like making the comments on the political matter and kind of like taking, like maybe taking like a strong stance on something that the league can't even do much about. But long story short is there's, they were just kind of like pondering why not dress uh, some other players for two games. Um, personally, I, I stand with Mike Greer. I understand. I understand the sentiment. Like, you know, if, if no one, if we all can't go, then, then nobody goes. And that makes complete sense. So I don't know about how some of y'all out there feel in Sharks territory, not about the policies behind it, but essentially like, um, how would you feel if rather than scratching a couple of players, you know, for, and I, I'm not trying to water it down, but just for the sake of, you know, like, um, taking a stance as being a team, which I'm completely behind. But uh, how would you feel out there in Sharks territory if the Sharks decided to take take an L or take two forfeits, um, you know, for for the sake of or rather than dressing like two uh, other skaters, you know, for for the sake of you know like um, standing firm with everybody in that locker room? I, I dig it. I'm 100 percent behind it. I just I'm just more or less curious about how some of you fans out there feel about you know essentially starting the season with with an L. If the Sharks decide not to go and if they take the forfeit, I highly doubt the Sharks are not going to um, miss out or, or I highly doubt they're going to skip out on the trip to be a part of the Global Series. It just makes zero sense. Um, but, you know, this is definitely something that we have to uh, pay attention to as, you know, the NHL season is, you know, um, it's fallen upon us. And on that note, let's um, let's transition to um, some of the things that are going on here um, with the sharks. Um, so really quick, I'll take a quick break um, from everything. How, how are y'all doing out there? Right. Um, again, invitation. This is going on live at Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, drop a comment. Feel free to respond. Uh, be a part of the show. 
And uh, I might start pushing the SpeakPipe account that I have a little bit more on the program. Essentially, that's a free service for you to drop like a, a voicemail message. And if you want, you know, you can be a part of the program as well on the podcast and uh, get your voice out there um, in Sharks territory uh, with everybody else. But um, point I'm trying to make here is um, I want to preview the show. It's going to be a rather extensive show. And, you know, we're, we are a little um, we're approaching a period of NHL regulation. We're almost on the 20 minute mark. So I just want to preview the show uh, what we got in store for the rest of the show. Uh, we're going to talk about sponsor patches, the potential sponsor patches coming up for uh, NHL jerseys. It's already on Minnesota, and they're on the racks. Uh, we're going to talk about the new AI tech that's been deployed at the Shark Tank and the Tech CU. Um, really interesting stuff I want to go into with that. Um, we're going to preview the whole um, potential like battles going into the preseason, position battles. Uh, per the athletic, uh, maybe, maybe spend just quite a little bit of time on Timo Meyer and the contract that he might deserve, or see what they'll go with that, and um, you know some other some other um, stuff along the way. So uh, so far, we've covered uh, Mike Greer, the Sharks video board, and the rookie faceoff tournament. So moving on, um, you know, take a step back, really quick, little fun fact: San Jose Sharks are hiring. An organist. The Shark Tank is looking for a organist to play live music at the tank again. Uh, so that's breaking. That's an exclusive from Shark City. Whoop de do. Um, you know the post is on Indeed. Uh, so that was brought to our attention. I think this is exciting, notable news because for those of you who've been going to the live games, uh, bless your hearts. For those of you who've been going to the live games in the past couple of years. Um, but, you know, and I mean no disrespect to the individual who was, you know, behind the record spinning, but just the DJ, the DJ music was not working. I just do not understand, and I've said this in the previous episodes, I do not understand why the Sharks decided to take out the live organ player, the organist, because that was like one of the signature, like, um, like one of the signature or one of the features of, of the Shark Takes atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think at one point, they were even playing, like, if you're happy, you know it, clap your hands. And rather than play the epic, like, um, you know, a shark's chant, uh, they are playing, like, a trumpet horn. You know? And that probably sounds better than what it did in the arena. Yeah, but back, back, you know, like, not too long ago, they used to do that. I don't want to say back in the day, because that was just a couple of years ago. They used to have a live organist in the arena, in the shark tank. So I'm super excited as I get off my soapbox here, that they are looking to bring that atmosphere back to the Shark Tank. You know, it's it's those little things, those little things that like make the experience memorable and just adds value to, to you know, the sport of hockey, especially in San Jose. So I hope, you know, best of luck to all you out there. There's a public service announcement. If you're a talented musician and you know how to get down the keys, Sharks are looking for somebody for the weekends and some evenings, all right? Okay. Uh, moving on. <laughs> um, let's talk more sharks. Let's talk position battles. That's probably a little bit more um, exciting. Uh, so NHL Network Radio Series XM. I've been listening to a lot of them more lately with the season um, coming up. Uh, but they reported that the Sharks want to give Capo Kakinen the starting role in net. Uh, I find that very, very interesting. Um, because obviously... 
obviously, you know, the Sharks are looking for their future goaltender. And obviously, with Aiden Hill being traded away, they chose Capo Kakinen as their man. But I always felt that James Reimer is like the undisputed starter only because he held it down last season. And, um, I mean, I just, I think, I think this is me personally, but I think if Capo Kakinen is going to be the starting goaltender, it, can, it just shouldn't be given to him. It needs to be like taken. Um, so with that being said, uh, let's dive into the athletic, uh, the athletic published an article about, you know, their opinions on the position battles here. Uh, since we're on the, the topic of goaltending, um, they have their favorites, their contenders, and, you know, some people that might be in the cuts in the background. Um, so they have no favorite for the starting goaltender, which is another way of saying, like, the position's up for grabs. That's cool. You know I mean? I really want to see Kapokakadin, you know, um, strive with the Sharks because um, James Reimer is only going to be able to do this for so much longer, right? And, um, I mean we'll see how that plays out this season. Like, um, <laughs> I, I expect heavy rotation. I don't think Aaron Dell will get any, um, any games with the sharks. I am certain he'll be traveling with them overseas, but, um, I don't know. We'll see. I highly doubt that, um, that, uh, you know, Reimer or Capo are going to be a healthy scratch this season. Um, so, uh, we'll see where that goes. Obviously, I think, you know, the, uh, the limelight, the whole, like, you know, spotlight's going to be on that blue line, right? So with, um, the Sharks being post Brent Burns, I think, you know, the immediate ramification is Vlasic and Carlson are under the microscope, right? Um, even maybe the magnifying glass underneath the sun, because a lot of fans out there, and I'm just going to say it, a lot of fans out there wanted to see another Norris Trophy winning defenseman on that blue line get traded away. But it was Brent Burns, apparently, you know, over the uh, summer, he had a one-on-one, a heart-to-heart with Mike Greer, and they decided that it was, you know, together, it was in the best interest for Burns to to find, you know, a team elsewhere. From my understanding, it was supposed to be a Stanley Cup contender, so I don't understand why he went to Carolina. Um, I wonder if that was one of his options because, if I'm mistaken, he had to approve a deal and it didn't seem like it was really going too well, but that's old news. Uh, what is really, really, I think, to me, one of the more important position battles that might even, like, Lightweight fall under the radar because, you know, you have Bordalo and Eklund who are going to be coming in. And, you know, obviously, you know, um, you know, that second, that second third line centerman is probably going to be Bordalo, right? And then you have Eklund who might be trying to make, you know, take a bite at the first line at the wing. But to me, I feel like one of the more important position battles this season is going to be between Logan Couture and Tomas Hurdle. And the reason I think that is because... Uh, Tomas Hurdle, you know, he signed that long, that long contract, that long deal contract. Logan Couture obviously has expressed that he wants to stay in San Jose, even though it doesn't show on his face whenever he's doing the promos. Just like this most recent New Jersey drop, he's just sitting there looking so ecstatic. You all know what I'm talking about. Anyways, um, but I think this is this is huge. 
because you know this could be Tomas Hurdle's season to like solidify himself as the number one center in San Jose, and if that happens this season, you know it makes you wonder. You know, will there be a shift in leadership? I think so. Apparently, Coach David Quinn, head coach David Quinn, has elected to have a third alternate. So we might have four sharks out there with, you know, Captain Patches sewn onto their sweater. But I believe that Logan Couture and Timo, um, excuse me, and Tomas Hurdle are going to be the in my opinion, position battle to watch this season. Um, according to the Athletic, um, Quinn may favor bringing Logan Chor back up to that first line with um, with Meyer. But, uh, you know, only time will tell. Speaking of Meyer, team of time means money, all right? Sharks, MVP last season. He was the only all-star selection for us. Yeah, he's about to be a restricted free agent. If he doesn't sign a new contract, all right? So that's going to be one of the biggest storylines this season. Um, I believe he's making like 10 mil this year. Um, but I ha- I haven't checked Cap Friendly in a minute, so don't quote me on that. But here's, here's where this is interesting to me. Uh, Mike Greer has already talked to Meyer's agent, who happens to be the um, Claude Lemieux, former uh, NHL star. Uh, Mike Greer had this to say about talking to um, Timo Meyer's agent, and I quote, we've had a couple of conversations. We'll keep that private between us, but we've talked. We've said our piece on both sides. So um, it has been reported that Mike Greer doesn't have any issues continuing the negotiation once the season begins. And um, it's been reported that when they met, him, uh, Mike Greer, and Timo Meyer during the, this past offseason, or during the summer, that Meyer reportedly is happy playing for the Sharks and wants to be here. So um, here's why I think this is a big, big uh, storyline to pay attention to this season. Um, and I know this is, might sound a little repetitive with some of the other um, you know, stuff that's been coming out recently. Everyone's doing their previews. I'm trying not to make this a preview but it's definitely worth uh, mentioning and talking about. Um, the one thing with the Tomas Hurdle contract that I think a lot of people don't understand um, with him, you know, having the eight years, eight million or whatever, eight by eight. Um, I know a lot of fans and the fan base kind of frown upon those type of deals. But um, long story short is for me as a fan, when, when I see, um, you know, the likes of, Hurdle being signed for that, you know, for that length of a contract, or if Meyer gets a rather extensive contract, then automatically, you know, you guys just understand that symbolically, it, it's it, you know, it represents stability in San Jose. Um, Tomas Hurdle signing with the Sharks is a huge deal because he's obviously, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to say a rising star. He is a star. He's probably our, our best, our best player now. You know, going into the 2022-23 season, Tomas Hurdle may be our very best player. I know Timo shined last season, but I mean, they're like, in terms of stats, just pure stats, they're like, um, you know, stride for stride with each other. Um, we'll see if Meyer can keep it up on his contract year. But if he does get re-signed, then 
that right there is going to be, in my opinion, indication that the Sharks have found stability within their starting line. They found their core players who they're going to build around this future as they plug in the likes of Bordalo and Eklund. And then, you know, maybe we have to start paying attention to some other guys on the roster, like the Carlsons, the Couture's, and the Vlasics. You know what I'm saying? This is a very important year for these guys too, I think. Um, but anyways, that's that's just my my two cents about the whole Timo Meyer situation without getting too like in-depth or involved. All right. Um, so let's lighten up the mood here a little bit. Let's talk about um, some interesting kind of um, developments that maybe went under the radar with a lot of us fans. So um, pardon me really here as I refresh the palette. By the way, thank you to everybody who's been um, kicking it with uh, me right here on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitch, and YouTube. We've been um, talking till here for about half an hour now. And we got a little bit more uh, this Friday evening to cover uh, before we get ready for the weekend and the first game of the 2022-2023 season. I can't wait. I really can't wait. Um, so check this out. Um, new AI tech has been deployed at the Shark Tank and TechCU. Uh, Patriot One Technologies has announced that the SAP Center of San Jose, home to our beloved Los Tiburones, uh, has signed an agreement to deploy the company's Smart Gateway Patron Screen Solution and artificial intelligence-powered platform to secure all entrances to nearly 18,000-seat facility for all non-NHL events, end quote. That right there is coming out of Yahoo Finance. That's where this story um, and this information is being provided from. Just citing my sources here. Um, so Patriot One's... Um, so they're also being the Patriot One Solutions will also be deployed to protect all interests at TechCU Arena. So, um, you know, I know that was a mouthful to say as I'm quoting here, but let me just break it down in uh, plain terms here. Essentially, the Sharks are deploying technology that can detect. Um, man, it's crazy. They could detect um, up to 1,800 guests per gate per hour with um, multi-sensor gateways that can detect guns, knives, and elevated body temperatures. Now, I'm not sure if this information is still current, but the way they do that is uh, they use cognitive microwave radar to detect weapons. So um, it'll also be utilized for all non-hockey events, including um, home games for the Bay Area Panthers of the Indoor Football League. And, um, of course, um, at the Texas U, it'll be utilized for home games in the sounds of Barracuda. Um, so, yeah, very interesting stuff here. Um, you know, sounds of Sharks have definitely been, you know, obviously we're here in Silicon Valley, right? So they got to take strides to lead the way when it comes to, you know, uh, being innovative uh, with these innovative technologies um, being introduced to the game of hockey. I believe last season um, they decided to go completely cashless and even accept cryptocurrency as a form of payment. Um, yeah, this this right here is uh, very very interesting. Um, the one that really got me like um, like whoa, that was very um, intriguing was the elevated body temperatures. So either that's going to be used to detect like maybe somebody looks like they're and the rest or their stress or, you know, maybe even to help us like, you know, um, see if somebody might have a fever, right? Because 
um you know with everything that went down the pandemic we want to make sure everyone's safe and you know um nobody is um you know coming in sick or getting anybody sick and also um and i hate to bring this up but it is what it is um you know last season there was kind of a bomb scare that happened toward the end of the um season uh, like one of the last few games at the tank and um you know this right here seems like an appropriate measure and response to be taken by um you know the sounds of sharks so you know i just thought i'd throw it out there for some of those you know love all things sharks yeah um both barns are you know uh, the barn and the tank for the cuda and uh los tiburones are now being protected by patriot one Technologies. so check that out that's a yahoo finance if you want to get a little bit more information on that all right uh moving on to sponsor patches now i briefly covered this in the previous episode so i will try not to spend too much time on it uh, but essentially i was kind of uh sus i was wondering if the sharks decided to kind of have this fusion this blend between um the current uniform and the inaugural uniform and they call it new era the evolved jersey right uh, I was a little sus about whether or not the reason they went that direction rather than just going uh, back to, you know, full-time inaugural look or heritage look was perhaps the desire to put a sponsor's patch, you know, right there on that, uh, underneath that right shoulder, right? Um, I believe it was reported. Um, let me see. Let me just get my facts here. Hockey jerseys at hky jersey on twitter uh, they reported that the minnesota wild are currently selling jerseys with ads on them okay so this um this could be found on twitter uh, obviously i didn't share this stuff on the um the account because you know i'm all about the sharks right i believe till but this caught my attention in my eye because you know apparently it was supposed to be a choice right it was supposed to be, you know, the teams are going to have um, an option whether or not they want to sell their sponsor um, patches on the jersey, on the racks, or if it's just something they're going to feature, you know, uh, in the game at a pro level. Well, the Minnesota Wild had elected to, you know, go like the NBA, like the Warriors do here, and they released their jerseys for retail um, with the sponsor patch. So, um, I don't know. I, I think this is something like, even though, okay, I'll say it this way. Get your new evolved jerseys while you can, <laughs> while you still can without a sponsor patch. Cause I'm a firm believer that the sound of the sharks will have sponsor patches definitely on the squad, whether or not they actually put it on the Jersey that'll be on the racks. I think only time will tell. Um, obviously they're not doing it now. But we'll see if they change their minds, right? Um, so, you know, get your new Evolve, new era Sharks jersey while you still can. Um, sponsor or ad-free. Get it ad-free, right? Anyways, um, so let's uh, let's get ready to close out the program here. We've been going pretty strong, almost two regulation periods of hockey here. Um David Quinn is ready and excited. He was talking to NHL um about a week ago, uh, he, he even commented on being fired from New York Rangers. Uh, he was quoted saying, it is very odd. You can't prepare for it. You know, when you get to this level, you're going to get fired. Eventually you've got to stay mentally strong and stay involved. 
You're always asking your team to be mentally tough and your players to be mentally tough. And I think that tests a coach when you get fired for the first time in your life. Um, so, um, you know, I thought it was kind of, you know, unique for him to start to talk about, you know, some of his downfalls with New York. When he first arrived at San Jose, he kind of seemed on the defense, uh, acted like some of the criticisms of his uh, coaching style or, you know, his methods or whatever decisions he made in, um, you know, the Big Apple. You know, he tried to act like they were brand new to him, like, you know, like it was news to him. Um, so, you know, it seems like he's finally open to talking about, you know, um, being canned over there. Um, but that's not the point of me bringing this up. Uh, the point of me bringing this up was um, they covered about, they, they had um, a brief little um, piece in there that covered what Mike Greer, or how Mike Greer, rather, will pretty much uh, assess uh, Quinn or, you know, how he will judge him, you know, starting this season. Because, you know, it's year one, so I highly doubt it's going to be like make the playoffs or you're out, right? But um, Mike Greer had this to say about the new head coach, uh, David Quinn. And I quote, it's seen off the ice how we're doing culture-wise. Is the culture being built? Is it a good vibe in the building? How we're treating each other? How we're working with one another? How we're preparing for games? How we're eating? How we're working out? On the ice, it's are we competing every night? Are we playing hard? Are we playing fast? Are we being unselfish? Are we being good teammates? So... You know, for those of you out there the past couple of seasons who are saying, you know, the Sharks lacked some culture or, you know, like um, maybe um, <laughs> like, I'm not even going to go into some of the stuff that was said out there because a lot of it's on social media and most of it's on Twitter, which is, well, I digress. What I'm trying to say is this is um, it's, it's, it's spelled out right there. Mike Greer is telling us exactly what he's looking for in our head coach. And obviously culture um, from, I mean, even down to like eating apparently. Right. And I don't mean that like um, sarcastically. I mean that like, like, you know, like he wants to see how these guys are with each other every moment. And he wants to see, you know, um, them playing for each other. Uh, Nick Benino was actually on the Sharks audio network this past uh, week. And he had that to say, if I'm not mistaken. And you know what? I take that back. He was also on um, DFO and a bunch of other hockey podcasts too. But long story short, before I start misquoting the program, let me just get to what Nick Benino said. Um, you know, he he talked about like last season and how it was tough. You know, uh, the guy he he's a Stanley Cup champion, right? And um, you know, so he knows what he knows what it's like to be on top of the world. And now he's getting a little bit of taste of what it's like to be on the bottom of that hockey world, unfortunately, with the Sharks. But long story short is uh, there's this comment he made that I really liked. Um, you know, he was talking about, like, you know, how there's essentially nothing or there's never, like, nothing to play for. Like, he, he said, like, you know, usually play for each other, right? So um, I, f- I found that very, very uh, intriguing and very, um, like, how do I say this? Like, um like, to me, I feel like the the value of having Nick Bonino on the roster, especially with the young prospects like Bordalo and, and uh, Eklund, like it just it just went up like sevenfold. So, um, you know, I'm point I'm trying to get here. Let me um connect the two thoughts. My apologies. Is that you know it looks like that's what Mike Greer is looking for, right? He's looking for people who are you know um 
you know, they're not just passing through San Jose, right? Um, they're here and they're having a positive impact in the building on, on the ice with the squad. And, um, you know, David Quinn kind of went on to make some comments about how he's not afraid to be confrontational and all this other stuff. Like, you know, he's going to really push these guys, which is cool. Um, not too sure if that has to do with, you know, some of the um, locker room reports about how coaches and uh, ex-players, ex-coaches and ex-players are kind of interacting with each other. Sharks fans out there know what I'm talking about. But um, I, what, I, what I took from it is like, you know, he's going to try to stay in control of his team, right? Um, or he will stay in control of his team. Anyways, um, all that to say is I'm excited. I am super excited for this Sunday, and um, I hope the rest of you out there are as well. Uh, so with that being um, with that being said, if you know how to play, if you know how to play the piano, if you got down, you know, with the um, you know with the organ at the church, <laughs> I'm stretching here, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, go check out that post, man. It's out there right now on job boards. All right, the Sharks are looking for organists. Lead the chance, lead the way with the Lesko Sharks. Play the Jaws theme for the power play. It looks like the Sharks are about to return to you know their culture, at least at the tank. Uh, can't wait to see how the boys and the coach and um, Greer and the rest, of, you know, the whole squad uh, put together. And it all starts this Sunday, four o'clock Pacific Standard Time at the tank. The LA Kings are in town. It's time to beat L.A. as we start the 2022-2023 season. I'm Aaron James. You've been enjoying the Shark City Podcast for September 23rd, 2022. 48 hours and less than 48 hours, Salzy Sharks hockey is officially back. Um, I think we're going to keep Friday nights the regular time for this season for this and for this program. So, um, you know, most likely be going down a late night, 9 o'clock. If there's a game on. We'll go on right afterwards. But um, again, I'm Aaron James. This is Shark City Podcast. You can check out all episodes of the Shark City Podcast and the summer sessions at sharkcityhockey.com. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe on Twitter, YouTube, social media, all across the board, all right? Facebook, Twitch, etc. at Shark City Hockey. All right, everybody. It's Friday night. You all have a great weekend, and let's go Sharks.